Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there. Hi. And welcome. Uh, you've ruined like the opening of Series 9. Sorry, carry on. Start the music again. Happy. Start the music again. No. All right. No. I'm in charge of the edit, and I say we power through. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Series 9 of Friends with Friends. Um, my name's Pete Allison, and unless he's changed it while we've been away, this is Dave Cribb. I've actually changed it to Francis Bacon. Oh, Bacon's the only word I can think of. Francis Bacon. <laughs> I was trying to think of a fun, new, unique name. Friends and you say Francis, bacon. you hear bacon, don't you? So I yeah. don't think I do. Really? If I say Francis, if I say name someone famous called Francis, who would you say? Former footballer Francis Jeffers. Fran- you go Francis Jeffers over Francis Bacon? Well, yeah, I would. Really? Yeah. That is nuts. I'm going to type in Francis to Google. Drake, wasn't he one? See. Francis yeah, Drake? Yeah, he was. Francis, right. Francis... Francis Rossi is the uh, most is the top off of uh, Status Quo. Yeah, he's the top Francis. That's mad, yeah. isn't it? Who else is on there? Francis Drake's up there. Actually, yeah, you're quite right. Um, okay, so he was Francis? Francis Drake. What did he do? He was an explorer. He went around the right. world quicker than some what, of the. People what did he find? I think he just went round it. I think he just circumnavigated it. Right. Right. Anyone do you can know do who is the something special? Do you know who is the fifth most famous Francis according to Google? Mm, so much Francis. more modern Francis. Much more modern. Francis. I don't know. Uh think of well actually this will immediately give it away. Trains. Trains? Trains. Oh, M. Francis Bourgeois. With the camera on his head. Yeah. That's it. M. Yeah. He's the fifth most famous Francis. He's actually above Francis Bacon. I think, I think <laughs> poor old Bacon would be livid at that. Absolutely livid. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, this is a podcast about <laughs> friends. <laughs> um, probably not been clear. Is there any Francis's in friends? I feel like there might be. Uh, friends Fran- characters. Franny? Cool. Yeah, kind of some Franny and like Franks. But is there a Francis? There's one, it's like one ring. Well, it's Frank. Frank Jr. Ah, uh, do you know, no, do you know what it is? A, there are. So, yeah. So, Francis, the female spelling of it is, uh, Phoebe's grammar. That's what it uh, is. I but see. I was in my head, I was thinking Francis. 
uh, as in Joseph Francis Tribbiani. Oh, okay. So there you go. Well, there you go. That was all planned and intentional. Uh, planned, um, just like Sir Francis Drake's circumnavigation of the world. And just like that, we revert to talking utter bullshit. <laughs> Have you missed it? Have you missed it, Pete? Um, It's nice to be back, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice to be back. Do you know what? I got really excited watching Friends, because weirdly, I don't watch Friends much when we're not doing the Me podcast Me neither. I ha- Do you know what? I actually didn't think I've watched it since the... Uh, end of series eight i have maybe a couple of times but i used to watch it back to back to back and since we started doing the podcast i think it's such a different relationship we have with it now that what you're trying to say is that the podcast ruined your enjoyment of friends ruined or concentrated it into a more sort of uh professional context pure form (laughs) now i watch it's no longer fun i research i consider but do i watch it for fun anymore not so much (laughs) well um who's gonna have the all-important task of uh requesting the first episode of series nine dave well peter i've got the answer to that question for you right here you ready for it yeah Good. Can you tell I was padding when I got it up? Um, no, that's good. I, I think I remember her name, to be fair, so I could have just stole your thunder and said it. Uh, okay, I'll give you four guesses as to Lucy. what her name is. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. I don't know why that's made me laugh so much. <laughs> but it really Don't need has. four guesses. Got it in one. <laughs> uh, so Lucy is the requester of the first episode of season... Nine? Nine, yeah. Crikey Moses, we're nearly done as many seasons as Friends. That's a lot, well, isn't it? That's, that's, <laughs> that's almost literally why we're here, Dave. Is it? I want to, to do as many through. episodes of this podcast as there are of Friends. Understandable, that's yes. absolutely yeah. the point. Now you make a very, very good point. Okay, ahoy. The greeting of the podcast. Thank you, Lucy. Love the pod. Thanks. And listen from day one. And this next sentence, Pete, will vindicate everything we've just done so far. I came for the friends chat, but honestly stayed for the admin and random topics you talk about instead. Oh, good. You should be satisfied. Lucy, you're very satisfied now. Especially if you're a Patreon uh, subscriber, because before this main episode, patreon.com forward slash friendspod, we did 17 minutes of Wiffle Waffle this week. 17! And I can't be asked to edit that down, so you're getting a lot. Absolutely. While we're Um, on Patreon... If you would like Friends of Friends a day early and ad-free, it will only cost you £3 a month if you go to Friends... No, if you go to patreon.com forward slash friendspod, you can sign up right now and get this and a load of extra shit. Just for you and everyone else that's on there. Um, I request everyone with a but, sometimes a bit of a forgotten episode, despite the classic acting from Joey. I'd love to hear what you think happens in Freud the Musical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just put Freud no, you, didn't and then say, you didn't say Freud loud enough right it's gone exclamation mark right yeah um oh the dog just came to the door when I shouted Freud sorry is your dog called Freud no Hercules come on that's not your name be better uh, and Lizzie's put the musical in brackets with a question mark which is a good point because it isn't called Freud the musical but it does seem to be a musical uh, that song gets stuck in my head far too frequently and I always think about how the woman Chandler dates must have mad scheduling skills or no job to seriously keep up with four plus relationships at once. Yes, I have thoughts on Aurora for sure. Thanks both, Lucy. Well, Lucy, thank you. Hmm. Very much. Um, would you like a synopsis, Peter? 
Uh, yeah, go on. Uh, season one, episode six, the one with the but four, five, six, six, five, five. It's quite satisfying, isn't it? Actually, <laughs> Chandler dates Aurora, a beautiful, exotic woman that he soon learns is married. Exotic. I know, it's a terrible word, isn't it? I thought... I don't really uh, like that phrasing. No, it's very... It feels like this synopsis was written in 1994, doesn't it? Um, Let's just call her a beautiful woman that he soon learns... Soon? I can't say that at all. Soon learns, is married, and has another boyfriend. Chandler's initially fine, having a polyamorous relationship, but is able to handle yet another lover being added to the mix. Joey's new talent agent, Estelle Leonard, gets him a film role as a stand-in for Al Pacino's butt double. However, he's fired because he overacts in it. And Rachel cleans the apartment, which triggers Monica's obsessive-compulsive tendencies after moving some furniture around. I mean, that's a very minor part of the episode. We should probably start with that one, because there's absolutely tits all there, right? I would also struggle with someone moving my furniture around when they'd recently moved in. Yeah, I, I think, weirdly, because you know, Chandler moves in late, many, many years down the line and does a clean. That drives Monica absolutely... Well, it doesn't drive Monica wild, actually. It drives Chandler wild because he moves everything around and has to sort of, you know, recreate it exactly. It feels like her reaction to that would be much more severe than it is here, where she's just a bit like, mm, oh, you've moved the ottoman, have you? You know? Whereas it feels like her OCD tendencies grow as the season goes on. You know, this feels like the first big exploration of it, doesn't it? Although having just said that that feels uh, like something that would annoy me, if someone's moving into your home properly, then I think you should be prepared to give a bit and allow them to contribute to the home. Well, it's not exactly a... Something they're taking, is it? If you're cleaning the apartment, that's quite a nice gesture, right? That's true. I think that's that's just a chore you don't need to do. It's just, it's just someone like Monica loves doing that chore so much, I guess, and does it in her own way, that that would annoy her. But, I mean, basically, there's only two scenes of this entire plot, right? Uh, well, there's that bit, and then the bit at the end where it really winds Monica up, and then she freaks out when she goes to bed about that's her shoes. shoes. Yeah, that's it. And in Monica's defence, who puts an ottoman in front of the TV and not in front of the chair it's clearly a footrest for? Well, Rachel's justification is that it's an extra seat around the table. Like, Would you want to sit on a sort of curvy Big emergency footstool? chairs vibes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not comfortable, is it? Well, it is a curvy footstool, isn't it? It's not a poop. It is. It's, it's just the way f- you said it made it sound like, like a drag name. <laughs> yeah, that is my new drag name, curvy footstool. Please welcome... Curvy footstool. Um, yeah, I just think like a poof that's a sort of... Is that the difference, by the way, between a, a poof and an ottoman? I've never really known. I, no, doesn't an ottoman open? Oh, maybe it does, yeah. Can't you put stuff in an ottoman and yet you can't put stuff in a poof? Correct. A low upholstered seat without a back or arms that typically serves also as a box with a, sin, with a singed heat? No, a seat hinged to form a lid. Do you know what a... Oh, Pete, okay, so what's a poof? Is a poof just a non... Oh, I'm typing poof definition into Google. This is why a cushioned footstool. Right. Yeah, a cushioned footstool with low seat and no back. Or low seat with no back. Wow, Pete, do you know what I've just realised? Something about poof? That I've been calling my Ottoman a poof for years. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I've got an Ottoman in I've got I've, I've got an Ottoman in my in my living room. God. And it's not a poof. I've been always I call it the poof, but it's it's got a hinged lid. What do you keep in your Ottoman? Uh, dog toys and blankets. 
Okay. Easily accessible dog paraphernalia, I'd say. Okay. Tell us what's in your ottoman. Uh, <laughs> you can get in touch with I don't have an ottoman. Um, so there you go. That's that's a whole revelation. Now, that's something that, honestly, that's changed my that's changed my life. Not my life, maybe. I, yeah, that feels extreme. Uh, great, fine. Well, there you go. Ottoman to poof. Poof to Ottoman, sorry. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, so Rachel's moved it. Terrible seat around the coffee table. Also, it is a bit of a curved footstool. That would be weird for an, an Ottoman, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, to put stuff in that, what a weirdly shaped box. Um, I think I've run out of comments to make on poofs. Yeah, that's fair, to be fair. Uh, okay, fine. Like you say, nothing happens. They all just take the piss out of Monica. She uses the word kook a lot, which I've never really thought would fit in that context, you know? Isn't just a kook. Like, kook just is like, in... The kooks. Kook just to me is like sort of quirky. Yeah, like exactly, a quirky person. Not like a... Not not like a specifically messy or, you know? Feel, yeah. Feels odd, doesn't it? Anyway, then right at the end of the episode, classic C-plot fashion in Friends. Like it's the last 30 seconds of it. Monica's going to bed, leaves her shoes in the middle of the floor. Rachel sort of goes, oh, you sure you want to do that? And then Monica stays awake all night worrying. That's the end. Goodbye. Hey, Pete. What? Should we listen to the first sting of season nine? Why? Are they knew. No, they're exactly the same. It's just the first one. Oh. It's just the first time it's been here. But yeah, fine. I thought you made new ones then. Nah, you're a bollocks. Let's go back to the cold open, shall we, before we start. It's one of my favourites of all time. What are the actual lyrics? All you want is a, a tink, a dinkle, isn't it? A dinkle? Because tinkle, you, you, you tinkle through a dinkle. Is that right? Uh, I'm just, all you want is a dingle. A says. dingle? What you envy is a schwang, a thing with which you can tinkle or play with or, or simply, simply let hang. Let hang. Yeah, maybe dingle, not dinkle. I mean, I've never heard dingle or dinkle to mean um, penis. Have you? Well, what do you think of when you hear the word dingle? Dingle? The Emmerdale? Yeah, Emmerdale, exactly. <laughs> uh, people outside the UK, Emmerdale is a soap, yeah. a soap opera on telly, yeah. and they're a well-known family that have been in it like throughout its history. They're like the, the main family, right, in Emmerdale? I don't think I've ever actually watched Emmerdale, but that is the only family. Name a dingle. Uh, Peter Dingle. That's He's not one. Who's that? Is he? Is Peter Dingle one of the no, Dingles? No, I've never seen Emmerdale, mate. That's what, I just, what did I just say? Yeah, but I thought you still would know. No, nah, couldn't tell you. What? Can you name a Dingle? Mandy Dingle. Mandy Dingle. What a name. I don't think when creating a quite a successful soap opera, you would call the main family a slang word for a penis. I think it must be Dingle. Because Dingle also rhymes with Tinkle. Tinkle is penis. <laughs> tinkle is? Yeah. Or Dinkle. Tinkle. Well, Tinkle's a wee, though, isn't it? Is it? That's uh, what it's yes, saying it in the song, thing through which you can tinkle. Yeah, but I think Tinkle is like <laughs> when you're a kid. Yeah. Oh, right. When I was a kid, yeah. the parents yeah. called the penis the Tinkle. Did they? Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've heard that. A little, your little tinkle. Go and touch your little yeah. tinkle. Touch your don't, why don't, what do you think I was doing? I don't, I don't 
know why I said that. And as soon as I said it, I thought that is one of the well, weirdest things I've ever said. Dave's childhood. <laughs> Leave it, Dave. <laughs> oh Christ. Um, okay, well there you go. So you think your thing. So so actually, if it was a song by you about this, you'd yeah. have rhymed "tinkle" with "tinkle." Oh, you want is yeah, I would. And that is bad rhyming, Pete. You can't rhyme the same word twice. So the good people are friends. I think I've changed it to Dinkle, but who knows? Or Dingle. Either way, this is probably the longest anyone's ever analysed the lyrics of the opening song to Freud. Um, But it's important, do I? It's very important. To answer Lucy's question, what do you think happens in the musical Freud? Do you think it's just a, a classic retelling of his life? It starts quite sort of deep in, doesn't it? Uh, proper it seems quite people. sort of jovial for quite a serious sort of academic character. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Trying to bring Freud to the masses, the mainstream. By yeah. oh, I say masses. Actually, that theatre is twenty five seats, and they're all on the stage. So I'm not sure yeah. the masses is the right word. Um, and also, did you notice that the theatre is um, just a selection of domestic and garden furniture? Yeah, it doesn't or, look too legit, does or it? Or the audience seating. It's very room above a pub, but with sort Strictly of... Strictly yeah, off-Broadway. Very off-Broadway, I'd say. It certainly doesn't qualify for Broadway on any level. But anyway, everything about that cold open is lovely, I think. Like Rachel's excitement, Chandler's cynicism about it, uh, the accent, the song. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. Great. And, as Phoebe points out, based on this play, Estelle signs Joey. And he stays with her yeah. for the entire ten years till she dies. It's weird seeing Joey so enthusiastic about getting an agent, isn't it? Because you just assume that he always has one. Yes, exactly. Always specifically has Estelle. And once we know how Estelle is as an agent, you would think you could dial down the excitement as well. Yeah, although even though she isn't in the episode, um, she is specifically name-checked as Estelle, isn't she? Yeah, they've given her not only a first name, but also a surname. Yeah. That's that's a good point. They didn't have to sort of give the company the name of the agent, did they? But they've, they've really committed to introducing the character of Esther Leonard. Maybe that's because she's already been in it as the nurse in the hospital, do you remember? So maybe they were like, right, she's going to be in it. We're going to call her Estelle. You know, they've, they've already cast and given her a full sure, a full sort of character brief. I love the way uh, Lisa Kudrow changes her delivery of, based on this play? Based on this, based play. On this play. Yeah, there's really a lot of lovely little Phoebe, little Phoebe moments in that, aren't there? Um, this is just, yeah, I just, I think this whole scene and then Chandler, should we, should we go on to Aurora now? Is this the, the natural progression? Yeah, I think, cause Chandler's meeting Aurora now. You know, we're in the theatre. He's gone over. He says hey and invites her out within about 15 seconds, which is some, uh, like, moving fast. It's, um, very, yeah, efficient work from someone that's terrible at asking women out, you know? I'd like to think, right? Here's a, I'm posing this as a hypothesis. I'd like to think I'm better at asking people out than Chandler on the whole, right? Less awkward, a bit more natural at it. But I would never just go up to someone immediately like that and be like, hey, want to go out with me? It's a bold approach, isn't it? It is a very bold approach. Um, actually, maybe that's because he's so awkward. He doesn't really know how to do it very well, you know? But I don't think he does. He's sort of making a thing of being awkward, but he's certainly got the confidence to go over and approach her. Exactly. Well, once encouraged to. But like that still takes a level of confidence. Well, he runs away very quickly there, doesn't he? Which, again, is not a classic move. That's true. Oh, do you want to go out with me? Thanks, bye. And then just leaves. Um, but Phoebe's line, I'm talking about good Phoebe lines, but the line that encourages him to go over to her is is that 
you always see those really beautiful women with these really nothing guys. You could be one of those guys. Um, which is a, so I've got two thoughts on this, Pete. One, absolutely good bit of observation, right? Happens all the time. Really hot women, really average men. You see them all the time in the street. Yes or no? Do you notice these things? Not really, no. My problem with it is, so that is a, that is a phenomenon that happens. Um, but my problem with it is Matthew Perry in 1994. Very good looking man, isn't he? That's true, yeah. Like he's not a nothing guy. He's not an average slash ugly man, as Phoebe sort of trying to point out. I mean, frankly, the actor has been cast in a sitcom because he is talented and incredibly good looking, right? So that's why I think it falls down. But hey, that's just all I've got for you. And in Phoebe's defense, Aurora is really hot. Friends, again, very ahead of the curve in terms of uh, a bit of polyamory. Well, I mean, I know polyamory is absolutely not a new concept in 1994. No, but on sort of mainstream telly, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I think, I think like these days, it feels simpler to understand the boundaries of an open relationship from her perspective. Because Chandler's like desire for her to change her lifestyle. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, they meet up, they get along great. And then he's like, oh, actually, I want you all to myself. Yeah. Um, you can't really say that because he knew what he was getting into. So yeah. this is the this is the deal, mate. This is her lifestyle. It seems to work perfectly well for her. Yeah. You can't now be all sulky and be like, no, change and you're, just for me. You're not the primary partner either, you know? Like no. frankly, if she's gonna do that, probably well, he's with her third husband. on the list, isn't he? Yeah, probably do that with your husband who you've married and committed a life to, as it were, you know? At the time, okay, you might be able to sympathise with Chandler in terms of having the feels and wanting yeah. her all to herself. But um, but these days, it probably seems more unreasonable than it probably did at the time for Chandler to be like, change your ways. Well, no, she's fine yeah. as she is, thanks. Oh, absolutely unreasonable. What I would say in his defence and what she hasn't done particularly well, which I think people do a lot better now if they are in open relationships, is make that clear from the start. Because what she does... Was uh, well, yeah. She arranges to meet up, and well, then she says she'll uh, go on a date with him, and then apparently they talk she... for seven hours before she casually just drops into conversation that she's got a husband, right? Yeah, and then a boyfriend, and she doesn't like. Surely that earlier on, you like just so you know, I'll go on a date with you. I'm in an open relationship. That cool? Yeah, she possibly could have uh, laid down the ground rules a little earlier. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but having said that, Monica is very judgmental about open relationships. She says, this is twisted. Twisted! Yeah. Right, Ma- um, Mary Whitehouse, chill your beans. Like, that is a very British reference. Mary- <laughs> is this isn't it? I was just about to say. I don't think uh, even a lot of British people would be like, who the fuck is That's Mary a very British and old reference. The, the, the absolute peak pinnacle of unrelatable references. You are welcome. Mm. Um, actually, I feel quite sorry for Ross in this moment when he's trying to explain polyamory to them and they just think he's super boring. I mean, he could make it a yeah. bit more exciting and a bit more pizzazzy, but he is basically going, hey guys, this is a thing. Like, I think monogamy and polyamory is a very interesting conversation to have with your friends. Don't shut Ross down for trying to talk about anything. Yeah, he's genuinely trying to uh, contribute to the conversation. And they're like, no, you boring old bastard. Well, exactly. Twice. It's like quite an interesting topic. Poor pie. Um, I mean, A, we, we talk about this a lot, and I know it was early days, and they probably didn't have that many locations, but don't take her to Central Perk on your first date, mate. Expand yeah. your horizons a little. But then the thing that really got me about this 
was he said they talked till 2 a.m. before she mentioned the husband. And where were they still at 2 a.m.? The coffee shop? Are you shitting me? That place opened until 2 a.m. And it was rammed. It was busy. They weren't even on the sofa. It was full at 2 a.m. Well, it is in the city of New York, but even so. Not 2 a.m. Very quiet. Not a coffee shop. Not somewhere you can't get a beer, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but there you go. Anyway, it seemed to work because she, she was really up for it, wasn't she? Um, Chandler's bed stresses me out. He doesn't have a headboard and it's not even against a wall, which I don't like anyway, but at least that's some sort of, there's bookcase behind it. <laughs> Headboards are kind of weird. And I'm now thinking about them out loud, but a bed without a headboard to me and without at least a solid, uh, structure behind it, as it were. If you've not got a headboard, you need to be up against the wall. Right? Right. And even that's a bit like, like if you're, right, if he's sitting up in bed watching telly, what's he leaning on? <laughs> he's just got to be upright. <laughs> he's just got to have excellent posture and sit at a perpendicular yeah. angle. Not Which doesn't sound comfortable. Doesn't sound comfortable at all, mate, no. Um. Anyway, back to Aurora not being communicative at all. She then drops Andrew into the mix without even flagging it up. Like, she's just picked up another one. And gone, no, he's Andrew. I haven't told Chad. Like, I think she's bad at being polyamorous. That's what I'd say. Like, isn't the whole thing about being in an open relationship, like, being very clear and communicative? Isn't that sort of like the premise of it? Well, you'd hope so. Well, no, I don't know. I I don't know. I have no personal experience of it. So, um. No, maybe not. Fuck knows how it works. (laughs) When Chandler's trying to pitch for Aurora to leave all the other men, including her husband, Plops a very specific Grinch reference in there mid-flow, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I have to say, Pete, not that familiar with the Grinch. I think Dr. Seuss generally has passed me by. Right? Yeah. It's not... Um, is it more of an American... Like, maybe that reference is much more immediately relatable. Does that make sense to an American than maybe. it is to us Brits? But I'm just not sure that it's really a... Really green us. eggs and ham. That's the thing. Well, they reference green eggs and ham in another early episode of Friends, don't they? And that always went right okay. over my head. But we must get back to Lucy's point because I have a number of thoughts on Lucy's point about Aurora's schedule. Like, that is, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Um, well, she goes from, I think going from one meetup straight to the next one is intense. In the middle of an evening as well. She's leaving Chandler's yeah. bed having. Done a bit of, you know... I hope she'd shower first. Playing with his dinkle. Oh, no. Dingle, dinkle, dingle, tinkle. Um, yeah, she's leaving his bed. She doesn't seem to be showering, does she? Just up um, and getting dressed. And then she's going off to fuck Andrew, is she? Is that the plan? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Like, at least yeah. just go for one man per day, right? Yeah, I, I think, as a courtesy, uh, you'd hope that she at least, you know, deodorised. Right. Well, I know I think a shower, mate, is absolutely more than reasonable to ask for if you're Andrew. You know? Okay, fair. I would have thought, wouldn't you? And also, but imagine, like, her husband's obviously happily with the open marriage, but she's like, oh, I'm off out for the evening. And, what, you have to, to, to have sex to two men tonight, are you? If like, that you're going is from reflective one to of, her, of her day, like, ev- that sounds exhausting. If she does that, like, seven times a week. Well, she seems to be um, always leaving Chandler's to go and see someone else, doesn't she? Like, every time she leaves, yeah, that's the thing. So she's clearly, like, tight scheduling, like Lucy says, or 
maybe has no job. But either way, it's just it just feels emotionally and physically exhausting more than anything, Pete. Sometimes you just want to go to sleep afterwards, don't you? Talking of showers. Yeah. Joey! <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, we'll play the sting. The second one of season nine. I don't know why I'm flagging them up so much, but I am. And then we'll have the advertorial break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Actually, you know, just before we get onto the butt, um... Uh, when Ross is comforting Chandler, they're sitting on the same armchair. Do you notice that? No. What do you mean? You know, like at the end when he's like, uh, put it this way, you broke up with this amazing, incredibly beautiful, unattainable woman, and you broke up with well, her. Well, they're sitting together. Yeah, they're sitting, that's, that's a single armchair, and they're both just sitting on it together. It just felt like a weird setup, because there's a lot of seats in that living room that nobody's sitting in. And, where's and, a poof when you need one? Where's the poof slash ottoman? Exactly. Anyway, look, they can sit together if they want. Frankly, I have no issue with it whatsoever. But the friends of 1994, we know, are pretty homophobic. And I don't think they would have chosen the two men to sit next to each other, just sort of casually cuddled up, would they? I made that observation. Well, there you that's go. what you're here for. Well, yeah, you know, that's what we're here for, to, to, to really delve into the, to the details, Peter. Anyway, onto the butt. Um, oof, I mean, where to begin with the butt double? Who knew there were so many ways for an arse to perform? Because Joey is right. sort of, in the end, fired for yeah. his arse overperforming. It's, I don't understand what the shot is, right? The camera's next to the director, so it's clearly from behind. But all the acting Joey's doing must just be in his face, right? Which will definitely not be in the film, because his face isn't Al Pacino's face. But that's the joke, isn't it? That his ass is somehow coming across too tense. Yeah, but how? How is it doing that? I don't, I've never really understood this. You could tense your ass. Yeah, oh yeah, he talks about clenching, doesn't he? But then the second yeah. time, he says quiet desperation. What do you think Joey's doing for that? Ultimately, 
what does it fucking matter what Al Pacino's character's doing in the shower, whether his butt's tense or not? Like, who's going to watch that going, mm, it feels a bit weird that Al Pacino's tensed his ass. I think uh, a depressed ass to me would be sort of flat and um, shapeless. Right. Okay. And Which that's... he probably doesn't have that kind of ass, Joey. And do you think it should be a depressed ass? Well, I don't know. I don't know the context of this. Well, no, I do know the context of the scene. His wife's dead and his brother's gone missing or something. Well, this brings me on to the director, who is incidentally played by the actual Friends director, James Burroughs. Oh, really? That's a good fact for you, isn't it? Uh, I would say that the ass, Joey is performing the ass well if it's tense, because if your wife was dead and your brother was missing, you would be pretty tense. Right. Oh, which is so what you'd Joey's... be having quite an intense shower. Uh, right, exactly. But also, why is the director not given Joey any actual direction? That's his entire job. That's true. He's just yeah. gone, roll the tape, we want to get this in one take, action. And then he's getting really mad that Joey's doing something with his ass that he doesn't want. But he hasn't at any point told him what he wants from his ass. What he wants from his ass. Well, yeah, give, tell me what you want from my ass if you want me to, my ass to be in your film. Well, they're talking about your ass. You can definitely see he's wearing swimming. She, she is, oh, I went Sean Connery there, didn't I? You can definitely see he's wearing swimming trunks in the shadow on the shower. Again, no, really. details that no one's probably ever looked at. But yeah, I just feel like the director's giving Joey a hard time to fire someone when you've just said, stand in the shadow. Well, you haven't said anything. You've just said, roll the water, you know? I do like that little bit that Phoebe does at the end where she's reassuring him, saying, it'll all be fine. And when she says, one day there'll be someone who says, I got the part, I'm going to be Joey Tribbiani's ass. Yeah. Like, that's a really nice bit. It's very cute, isn't it? I think this entire sequence of events where Joey is preparing for the ass day is a bit nuts, right? So it's first thing in the morning, set the scene, yeah? Joey comes to moisturise his ass in his friend's bathroom. Quite weird already, but... We presume Monica has moisturizers and stuff that he doesn't have, right? Then, did you notice that he walks into the fridge pillar on the way to the bathroom? I did not notice No, that, just no. in the background. Like, it's very funny, but Monica's just putting the paper on the table, which is kind of what your eye is drawn to. And in the background, you just see Matt LeBlanc just walk into that thing next to the fridge and then have to readjust. Funny. Anyway, why is his mum calling so early? Chandler busts in it almost immediately. Oh, his mum's on the phone at like 6am or whatever fucking time it is. And then Chandler acts as if it's completely normal for two roommates to, to just walk in on each other in the bathroom. And then act shocked that he sees it out. Well, I mean, that's my next point. So A, right, if you live with someone that's not a partner, would you ever walk in on the bathroom like it's normal? No, no, I should hope not. But considering Chandler's so happy to walk in on Joey in the bathroom, he must have therefore seen him naked, on the toilet, in the shower, whatever. How bad must whatever Joey's doing be for Chandler to react, like, is he just sort of, I don't know, moisturising his ass right in the direction of the door? What's he doing that's that bad? Like bearing like his entire anus to towards the unlocked bathroom door. Oh, no. But like, it must be something like that, right? If you're parading your ass to, to the bathroom door, you might want to just lock it, eh? I feel, I don't know. Anyway, Joey gets fired. I think he's been hard done by. That's the upshot of this. Um, although, what I would say about Joey is he could have dialed down the initial excitement a little bit. 
when he was embarrassed about the role. Why is he making such a big deal about being in the film when he knows the role? He could have saved himself a bit more embarrassment with his friends if he hadn't done that. Just a little tip for next time, Joey. Hey. Hey. Good advice. Time for the quiz. Have we got one? See you next week. Have we actually not? <laughs> I don't think so. Did, did Lucy say No, that? <laughs> we actually haven't got one, have we? I thought you asked me which episode we were doing this week the other day so that you could message someone about a quiz. Uh, no, what I asked you for the episode was so I could watch the episode, Pete, which is frankly something. Uh, I, I've, like, is it fair to say we've forgotten how to do this in the interim? Well, evidently. Uh, Helen messaged us on the 27th of February, so almost a month ago, saying, hello, do you need a quiz for the next episode? If so, I'll get it done today. Right, well, you've got your list of quiz people, haven't you? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, it's on that thing. Um, um, so we'll get a quiz for next time. If you want to do a quiz, look back through our Instagram at the post that says, do you want to do a quiz? And comment underneath it, please. Do you want to know what next week's episode is? Uh, yes, please. Uh, it is Series 9, Episode 1, the one where no one proposes. Uh, great. Okay, lovely. Well, a quiz. I'm going to message someone. What do I want? Uh, da, 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 da. who's going to do the quiz Pete say stop I'm going to scroll through all the people in the comments and say stop when you think ready Three, two, one. stop Farley hello would you like to do a quiz on the one where no one proposes for next week thanks <laughs> And on that note, see you next week. All the best. Goodbye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.